What does he mean, Daddy? He means punching. That's what he means, honey. <laughs> yes. That's right. I'll tell you when you're older. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the one and only Dan. Now, who is Dan, you might ask? Well, that's uh, kind of a big question. And some of you out there on the discords in the ether of MCP land might know this individual as QTR or quote my name. So, that's right. Dan, How you doing? <laughs> what's happening, man? What What is all this QTR, quote my name, Dan stuff? <laughs> so, well, my name is Dan. That's my first name. And uh, my last name is Raven. So I, uh, I double down on all the Edgar Allan Poe jokes I can. Um, so the poem, you know, The Raven, quote oh, yeah. The Raven. Mm-hmm. So quote my name. Just I get it. Replace the second half with Raven and there you go. That's good. <laughs> but I got, I got one for you, though. Um, Let's hear it. You got to tell me this, uh, this Darth Balls story. Is this like uh, an old high school screen name or something? Uh, yes, that is exactly what it is. <laughs> so, so it's Darth Balls with a Z because I was edgy back then. Oh, five. You know, because I graduated high school in 2005. See, I made this name... Back, I guess, when the PlayStation 2 had, like, the plug-in network adapter thing. Oh, my God, I remember that. Yeah. Never worked right. Yeah, I know, it was terrible, but that's when I made this (laughs) name, and I was my PSN name, and I was just like, well, I'm just going to live in this hole forever. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I keep looking at the screen name, and I'm like, you know, I feel like it doesn't match the voice I hear on the podcast. Oh, okay, well, hey. (laughs) Dan, but like Dan, in a good way because you know you're you're always such a Darth an Balls. awesome podcaster. So, um, you know, I I look at Darth Balls and I'm like, something's not adding up. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I I am I do have a filthy sense of humor, so there is that. <laughs> I just try to like suppress it uh, a got little it. bit, you know. You know how it is for the airwaves. Yeah, exactly. You know, we gotta. There, there's apparently people that listen to this with their kids in their car, so I try to to keep it as you know. <laughs> As possible, you know. Right. right. Well, this hopefully it'll be a good episode for them then. Uh, it's definitely going to be a good one for them. So, Dan, what we're talking about today, we've got kind of a couple of weird, interesting, kind of all over the place topics, if you will. But I think it's something that we on this show like to promote. And it's also something that I think in the broader community is a good thing. Like, let's just, you know, kind of bury yep. the lead a little bit, right? All right. Do you want to say the headline or should I? I will let you say the headline, sir. All right. Well, the topic I would like to discuss is playing with positivity. Playing I, with positivity. I, I say it that way because I love alliteration. Absolutely. I mean, alliteration, I mean, have you seen how I title these shows? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. 
I, th- I thought you might mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Yes, positivity, pontificating positively, all those things. I don't know. But yes, I'm about this <laughs> that, life. That middle word's a bit big for me, but I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I used it right, but who cares? Yeah, that's fine. It sounded yeah, great. It sounded good, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to talk about positivity in gaming, playing with positivity, and especially in MCP, but I think it applies kind of just in the broader sense of gaming. And we're also going to talk a little bit about kind of the TTS League, talk about your recent match, talk about my recent match, talk about maybe my upcoming match, because I've got um, my week five matchup upcoming, so that might be fun to discuss a little bit. But what topic would you like to tackle first? The positivity, or would you want to talk about what happened on TTS? Let's go into current events, and then we can do a deep dive after. I love it. So, I literally just watched you, at the time of this recording, (laughs) finish your match. And Mm -hmm. it was a really interesting match, it looked like. It was Sam Spam versus Criminal Syndicate. Yep. How did you feel Um, about that? uh, So, I thought it was a good match. um, And I really have to give uh, a lot of credit to my opponent. Uh, That was Ryan. And... You know, he is uh, he was a gentleman, excellent player, and he kept in that fight until the very end. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, anyone that wants to watch the recording, it's going to be up on my Twitch channel, and I'll also post it on my YouTube channel when I get off my lazy butt and get around to it. <laughs> yeah, one day. But Yeah, probably in the next day or two. Um, but it was, it was uh, I think we played on Spider Portals, and... Uh, his extract that I, I got secures, I got spider portals and then he chose, um, what do we have? Hammers. Hammers. Yeah. So worthy hammers, I think people usually call it. And I think that was cause he wanted his research station, but he ended up discarding it. Uh, unfortunately. Oh, so, that's a bad, beat. um, I was really scared going into the matchup of him playing Omega red and getting a lot of automatic damage out when we were crowded up on a, you know, one specific scenario point. Um, but he ended up going for a MODOK and MODOK with a hammer, as everyone knows, is just going to drive that boot in all day long. But I was able to, uh, mitigate some of that by just playing on the wings of the D secure. And, um, you know, I, I tried to just scalpel out, uh, one guy at a time because all of the criminal syndicate guys are just so durable. I think I ended up putting, you know, four or five activations in a kingpin to bring him down. Same thing with lizard. You know, but it was a, a pretty drag out fight. And, um, you know, if you if you want a, a good recording of it, just uh, go check it out. Uh, anyone's welcome to stop by. So, yeah, it seemed like a really a really good match. And mm-hmm. I really liked kind of just watching the way that the two things, because I feel like Sam and CS are so opposite in what they want to do. That it was a really interesting kind of push-pull, at least the parts of it that I saw. And, I mean, obviously, when you got the secure and you picked a push-button secure, I mean, that's just, you know, that cuts off CS at the knees. And to your point, you know, you're talking about being afraid of Omega Red in that matchup. And I find that really interesting because if, I think if he'd have had Research Station, Omega Red's in play for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely going to be the nightmare scenario for me, so I was glad that I was able to avoid that. How do you think you would have been able to deal with Omega Red in that situation? Um, I just have to punch him as hard as I can, I think. 
Um, I did play like a pickup game at one point earlier in between games in the season. So this one wasn't on the books for the record books, you know, but, uh, uh, someone, someone that I, uh, linked up with online was playing criminal syndicate and brought Omega red. So, uh, there was a bit of a central scenario there and he, you know, walked up and poisoned people and it was not ideal. Yeah. Um, but you know, that was again, a situation where, it took four or five different activations from people to bring him down because he's got that invulnerable. Uh, he's got a high health pool. He's got good defense dice. You know, he's, he's sturdy. Um, it definitely is. But, uh, you know, the, the strength of the roster when you're playing with Sam is that is two things. I think it's, uh, you've got numbers on your side and you're going to daze characters just by virtue of throwing a, a bucket full of dice at them. Um, Absolutely. You know, character after character after character activates, shoot, 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 shoot. And, you know, if they daze someone, you could move with your leadership and get in range when you might not have had range for an attack before um, to to get those double attack activations off. It's really, really key. Um, and eventually I was able to put that Omega Red down. Um, it took longer than I would have liked, but I thought it was uh, crucial that he needs to he needed to go first. So. Uh, if, if my opponent this week had been playing Omega Red in his roster, you could have expected me to probably focus fire him. Nice. Um, as it was, I went for Kingpin first. That was my first target. Um, I didn't want him passing hammers to Modok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad. <laughs> oh God. I mean, shoot, ended, Modok still ended yeah. up with two at one point. Yeah, that's right. I think, uh, he had two at the end of the game and he was just, removing characters every activation i was like oh god yeah yeah no that was really great and i think it's interesting that you're you know thinking about that with omega red and stuff and kind of how there's certain characters and picking a character to just focus fire down especially in a tanky boy squad like cs tends to Mm -hmm. be i i really like that strategy because i've played a little bit of sam i've played into sam a little bit i've seen it played a ton and the idea of like saying, okay, well, it doesn't matter if it takes me four activations out of my seven to put down this character, it ultimately ends up being worth it. Yes. You know, yes. and I, I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. Because um, as long as you are understanding that the number of rounds that you have left to play in the game are a resource just like your power or your HP, um, and you can plot out or project uh, ahead of you. Um, it's only round two. If I can daze him now, then I might have a chance at KOing him in round three. And, you know, there's a lot more rounds to play after that, especially if something goes haywire, which I'll have to admit often does with often. Sam spam. You'll get chance. You'll get um, times where these characters will just blank out their dice and they will go down. Um, they don't have a, a ton of high health pool characters available. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some enough, but, um, you know, bad dice happen occasionally, but, um, when things go awry like that, it can often end up leading to extra rounds and any character that you can remove in the earlier rounds benefits you later on if the game goes longer because it's less of a resistance they'll be able to put up later. Absolutely. And and I think that that strategy 
applies whether you're playing Sam or not. I think that's an across-the-board strategy, which I really like yep. to think about, and it's one that I think gets a lot uh, overlooked when we are talking about you know, how you go about trying to think about winning games and whatnot. Right. It's an attrition-based strategy, and just like anything else in the game, I don't think you should apply it in every scenario. Uh, you should consider the circumstances and, you know, use some critical thinking. But um, if you can gear uh, several turns worth or several rounds worth of the game toward um, this uh, target prioritization or target acquisition here, um, and you can get those key dazes and everything, um, I think it plays well to the strengths of the roster. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, and and I've seen at the highest levels that's kind of of where where those things happen, and um, mm -hmm. you know. So let me ask you this: currently, with the Sam spam kind of being so popular, if you will, the the big bad of Sam spam is Carnage, right? I uh, I wouldn't know. I have never seen Carnage on the table. And I'm going to sit here and knock on wood because it would probably be a mess if I had to fight him. Okay, well, I was going to ask you, how would you deal with that if you did? Um, you know, I'm really not sure. I would have to probably get a practice game in. I think that um, I can't say, um, with my lack of experience, um, I would want to... How I would deal with him is if I knew that I had a game coming up, I would find a friend throw down with the practice game and and just kind of see what it's like because I tend to be the type of war game player that uh, you know I will probably um, do poorly in a match or perhaps even lose it if I haven't seen it on the table before right. I like to tell people I need to get punched in the face by something before I can understand how to get out of the way <laughs> <laughs> I, that's me in real life I think most of the time. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God, there's a door there. Whack. Yeah. Oh, okay, open it next time. Got it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this door says push, not pull. Damn it. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I don't have any carnage advice for you guys, but, um, you know, I think that he's more durable than you'd expect. And if I had to guess, I might try to wait until he's activated and then burn him down because oh, yeah. I definitely don't want to put, like, three damage on him for him to turn that around and then heal back up to full HP. HP. Yeah. That seems like a messy situation. Seems terrible. <laughs> and <laughs> and if if that happens to you, it's, it feels bad having had it happen to me as my web warriors decided to just keel over to Carnage's oh, no. tentacles. Oof. Yeah, it was bad. It was so bad. I was like, I can definitely take him down. I rolled, <laughs> what was it? I rolled eight dice with Amazing Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And another six dice with somebody else for my all webbed up turn. Two damage. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh well we'll come back to that later. <laughs> I have I have some thought thoughts on dice, so Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, uh, yeah, they they're gonna dice. That's all they do. It's just that's they right. just dice all over the place. Uh so yep. yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I like hearing about the strategy and like the thought process that people put into their games because it's one of those things that you know, when you're looking at this game and looking at things as a resource, look at, you know, not just your power, your stamina, your activations mm -hmm. and the objectives and those ways, like those are kind of like the obvious things. But these other things like your leadership being a resource, the rounds mm -hmm. being a resource, your tactics cards resource, you know, timing those tactics cards is so important. And yeah. one missed time 
on a tactics card can kind of swing a game a lot of times. That's right. Um, that can help. Uh, one of the other strengths, I think, of the Sam roster is that it forces um, your opponent into situations where they have ample opportunity to make unforced errors uh, yep. or mistakes, right? And anytime they make one mistake, it can waterfall or cascade into a second mistake or a third mistake. And and that's when you start to run away with games. Um, I like to frame it in terms of, I'm not sure, uh, this may be a reference lost to many people in this uh, community, but I'll try it anyway. Um, they When you play uh, competitive fighting games, they talk about uh, a 50-50 decision um, where one character will go for a move and the other character has two choices. They can either like block or try to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those decisions is correct, but they have to guess because human reaction time isn't that great. So they have to like lead into it going, oh, they're jumping at me. All right, well, I guess I'll try to block. Um, but then the opponent's just going to land in front of you, grab and throw you. And right. they've countered that move. But you don't have the physical reaction time to be able to guess or to, to, to do anything other than guess at it. So it's a 50-50 chance. And if you can present your opponent with a decision where, you know, Iron Fist is on one side of the board and has enough power to pay for the Iron Fist, and you've got, you know, Nebula on the other side of the board who's about to go off with two shock sword assaults, mm-hmm. um, you know, which one do you pick? And one of them's probably the correct decision, but making that decision is the most difficult thing ever. And you're just going to agonize over it. Absolutely. And uh, I'm just going to say, there's a lot of factors that would go into this, but it's Iron Fist. <laughs> yes, it's definitely Iron Fist. You, you put down Iron Fist as yeah. soon as you can. You can't let that fist go off. It's no. just nutty. You, you've got to fist him before he fists you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> well, we throw this episode with the kids in the car right out the corner. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, they don't know what they're talking about. It's cool. What does he mean, Daddy? He means punching. That's what he means, honey. Yes. That's right. I'll tell you when you're older. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I've had to kind of think about more in my games. Because for a long time, you know, I thought about, oh, well, I don't want to waste my four or five threat character to attack a two threat character because that's just what they want but at the same time i think that there's certain instances where it makes sense like look i'm gonna attack nebula here because nebula is one of those characters that can go off it's a little harder for her to go off and in that scenario you presented obviously iron fist is the chance because you got to take him down before he can do enough for the iron fist you know what i mean because that's right losing a full activation Versus saying, well, letting someone have to roll a dice. Like, it's you're full on losing activation, period, if you haven't activated that character and Iron Fist hits you. Whereas yep. with Nebula, the dice have to be rolled, so you're taking that chance. Uh, and I will say, uh, this past game, the one I just played, was the first time I've ever actually used the Iron Fist attack into a character that already had an activated token on them. It felt good, didn't it? It did. Um, I don't look for that opportunity. I usually try to go and put an activation on somebody because I think that is probably the more powerful usage of the ability. But in the circumstance that I was looking at, I was like, you know what? I'm going for this because I have a shot at getting a good roll off here and we'll see where it gets us. And I think it did the trick. So, yeah. 
it was I, a good I think album. That, that's one of those things where you, you nailed it. It's like that's not something you want necessarily want to look for because again, being able to make someone have activated, you know, it's just yeah. you can't put a price on that a lot of times, you know, because there's right. very few ways to take activated tokens off of people. That's right. Doctor Strange taught us that that is a powerful ability, and Iron Fist doubled down on it. So exactly. So, anyways, all that to say, though, I think that you know you've got to just make those tough choices. And there's times when saying, "Oh, Doctor Strange," as a perfect example, I have a chance to take out an activation for you, and it's a two threat character, but I don't have to move, and then I can attack somebody else. Right? Like sometimes yep. that's okay. Sometimes that's okay. It's just kind of you got to make those decisions on your own, and. I bring up that scenario because in my most recent game for the TTS League, I had a situation where, you know, it was tough decisions, right? And Mm -hmm. one of those tough decisions was saying, okay, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme with his range 5 attack is like way over here. And I can take an attack here or I can take an attack over here, but I have to move to get that second one, right? And it's, you know the way I built the list was kind of focused on the kill, like kind of get a little bit of attrition and then run away with points was kind of the idea. I see. You know, it's it's not really worked out as good as I thought it would. <laughs> but, you know, it's convocation. You know, who knows what they do? <laughs> right. So. That's uh, I, I have shied away from playing in a conv- convocation just yet because they're probably going to be a bit too big brain for me. Um I can I can execute games well. I can play a roster that's given to me well, but I've never been the type of person that has been uh, excellent at imagining a new and an inventive roster. I will typically rely on other you know idea guys in the community that'll come up with stuff, and I'm like, oh man, that's an awesome idea. I gotta try it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not the idea guy. I just throw shit on the table. It's just <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Here's <laughs> Sam and a bunch of other dudes. Just toss all a bunch of Avengers in there and go nuts. Go nuts, exactly. But I had this this decision point early in the game. It was really early. I think it was like maybe round two, early round two, where I had Ancient One on one side of the table. The rest of my teams pretty much on the other side of the table were playing Hammers and Infinity Formula is our crisis setup. And so I've got Ancient One on one side of the table scoring me a Hammer and an Infinity Formula. He's got Vanilla Strange or as I like to call him, he's Vanilla Strange. He's still great. <laughs> he's mm. Vanilla. You know, maybe he's got a few chocolate chips in there. I don't know. <laughs> but he's Vanilla Strange. And they were kind of squaring off. And I looked at it, and Ancient One had the hammer, and had taken a little damage. So I gave up my Infinity Formula point after his Strange had activated, mm-hmm. and just moved Ancient One back. And the rest of my team's all the way over on the other side of the board, and. Basically, it forced him to have to take his strange over because he couldn't get to my ancient one at all. And I feel mm-hmm. like that that one decision really early in the game, once I tell you kind of like what's about to happen, is what won me the game. And it's one of those things where it's like it didn't feel good to run away with a character like the ancient one. <laughs> Let me tell you. Right. Like I was like, oh, my God, this feels so dirty. I don't want to do this. I have a hammer. It's the ancient one. She's meant to go kill things like that's what yeah, the character I design something. is, <laughs> you know? So, anyways, fights are happening. I'm losing characters left and right. I think I maybe killed his Okoye, and that was it. 
uh, I don't oh, remember. That's a, an astronomical feat right there. Well, I mean, I was able to take <laughs> down a couple of characters like in day's form, but I only killed Okoye. But yes, it is an astronomical feat because she will never <laughs> freaking die. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ask my opponent about it. Like, dude tried to roll into magic a couple of times and Okoye's over there like, what? Come at me, bro. <laughs> That's one of the things I love about this game. It just creates so many cinematic moments. Absolutely. You know, things are going crazy left and right. Characters will spike or, you know, get hits that they shouldn't get in or or dazes that they shouldn't. And then they'll survive, you know, two rounds of Magneto trying to crush them under a bus. And and you're like, oh, this is awesome. Right. Exactly. This makes perfect sense. Yes. (laughs) So long story short, long story short. All the fighting's happening. I'm down to two characters, and it's Strange Supreme and Ancient One. Ancient One somehow was able to get another hammer that fell off of somebody in the scruffle, mm-hmm. you know. So got another hammer, scored an Infinity Formula, and then ran behind a building to win the game. And again, <laughs> I felt super dirty doing that. I felt super yeah. dirty. But I won 16 to 15. Wow. And it That's was like excellent. that one decision of taking ancient one and keeping her safe early i feel like is what changed the whole dynamic for me in terms of being able to pull off that victory sure you and know? and oftentimes in this game getting tunnel vision and just thinking oh man i gotta be attacking you know that that can be the uh harbinger of doom you know you can uh you can get carried away with that and then before you know it you're in an unrecoverable situation bloodlust in this game is a real thing <laughs> Yes. The revenge is so sweet. <laughs> it is. I mean, when you get an area attack to go off and you hit three or four people and you daze, or mostly daze some of them, it feels really good. It does. It does. So, yeah, all of that, you know, long story short to say that the the games and everything, it's all dynamic, but, you know, be flexible with it. And tr- like you said, don't get tunnel vision and... You know, speaking of tunnel vision, I think we've kind of tunneled in on this TTS talk a little too much. Mm-hmm. And now, let's talk about our big topic today, and that is yeah. positivity in gaming, especially tabletop gaming. And how do you want to start this topic off? It's your topic. I will start it by asking you a couple questions. Let's have um, it. So, have you ever won a game, but felt like in the process of winning, you've kind of lost something? Yes. So, case in point, two games this season I have won by ultimately taking an extract, moving away, and and securing victory in that way. Mm -hmm. And I have poo-pooed that strategy in insofar as I think it kind of goes against the spirit of the game in a sense. Maybe. Look... However someone wants to go about winning the game, I, I think that has value, right? But for me, it's yeah. just like, it just feels bad to say, I've got my extracts, I'm going to run in a corner, and you have to come all the way over here and get me. Now, it's not a strategy Or that- is this one of those situations where your superheroic superhero is uh, clinching the plot device and, and they are getting out with the nick of time? See, and that's what I was about to say is I think it's all about a matter of perspective. Like, right. from the gamey perspective of me, like the game gamer gaminess of it, I don't mm-hmm. like it. The thematic element of it, and the two times I've done it, so one was with Citizens, uh, so Panic, you know, 
and I'm playing Convocation. Are still playing this crisis? Uh, yeah, this guy, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. I don't uh, think I've seen it since season three. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I've, I'm playing it, fun little aside, I've tried to get it in my last two games, threw it away mm-hmm. both times. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like I got to choose extracts and threw it away both times. Nice. So there's that. But anyway, classic. Exactly. And and like the theme of it, like I'm sitting there, I'm playing, I'm like, okay, Dr. Voodoo and Clea are over here, and then the ancient one's over here, and they're clutching their people, and they're about to teleport them out, and they just got mm-hmm. enough power to do it. Boom, they're teleported. Saviors, awesome. victory, right? But you ask about losing something. The game, gamey side of me is like, ugh, this feels so weird to just kind of run and hide in a corner. But at the end of the day, like you said, this is a game about thematic moments and story, and when you look at it from that perspective, it's it's just an exciting moment, and it's a way to win the game, and it's not something that I'm going to deploy as like a definitive strategy. You know what I mean? Like I'm mm-hmm. not. I have nothing against people that want to put Angela on the table, run and grab two things, and just hide in a corner. I, I don't have anything mm-hmm. against that. It's not my style. I'm not getting against that. But I'm not going to do that. I'm at least going to play the game for a while and then be like, okay, we're getting towards the end now. I'm down to two characters left. How do I secure this victory? Yep. Um, But I do want to call out one thing you said. Let's hear it. Um, It sounds like you're saying that this this specific stratagem doesn't really qualify as playing the game. But I would argue the opposite. I don't want to say that because I think think that's not – that's not what I want to say with it. You know what I mean? Like it does qualify sure. as playing the game because it's part of the game. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, so it's part of the game. So that leads me to my next thing, right? Um, communication between players is of the utmost importance here Absolutely. because you need to be clear with the person on the other side of the table, especially if you're playing over the internet and you can't even see them. Um, you know what we're trying to do here and why I'm doing a thing, and this is kind of my expectation of this activation, and and that way when and your, your miniature actually gets put on the table, no one feels bad about the outcome because you, you've you been clear about it ahead of time. What do you mean by that? I mean, um, so placement of miniatures and other things in Marvel Crisis Protocol can be uh, very strict. And there are rules about, you know, I've picked it up, I have to place it on the movement tool. Yeah. And once you've done that, as soon as your character hits the table, you're whether you like to admit it or not, or whether or not that is your intention, you have gained information because the position of their base can be used to measure things. Right. So at the end of the movement stick, you can be like, oh man, they're not quite within one of that objective here. You can't go and move them over so that they are within one of an objective because you've already seen that your decision was incorrect. And that is information that you uh, would be unfairly using to your advantage. Um, But if you were to say ahead of time to your opponent, I'm trying to put this character within range one of this objective. If I were to put them here, would you agree that this is within range one? Let's measure it. Let's talk about it. And let's sort it out before, before the chips fall wherever they are. And then we can both be happy about this outcome. Yeah. Uh, I think that that is a question of intent, right? Like, you know, I think it's one of those things where 
oh, I put this model down. I did all the appropriate measuring. You know, I didn't pick them back up and move them again. But for whatever reason, the little symbol didn't pop up over their head. Right. Especially and that's in the other thing. Because that happened a couple times in my most recent game. There were a couple miniatures that, you know, we had talked about them being within range one of one of these spider portals. Um, but somewhere along the line, um, maybe when they were placed onto the board, they knocked into the measurement tools. They were falling. Whatever it was, the symbol was not above their head. But we'd had a prior discussion about it, and we were both on board with the fact that they were. Yes, they are. Within range one, we accept that, and we're both feeling good about this. Yeah. I, I think intent is a, a very important thing, especially on TTS, because mm-hmm. unlike – well, I think it's especially important on both if you want to – if really because in real life things are going to get knocked around things are going to get bumped you're going to have that movement tool and you're going to have it at range one and you're going to put that model there and then you're going to move that movement tool and and the, the objective is going to slide away a millimeter or something right, like right. that that's that's yeah. real life gaming. no but nobody wants to win or lose a game in that way that's just not doesn't feel good you know exactly exactly so i think intent is is super important and like you said, having that conversation, I think, uh, about like, all right, so, you know, this is where my character is going to go. You know, here's the here's the measurements of it. And that's one of the things that I need to be better about is just knowing the actual lengths and distances of things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I know that the, the range three tool is two of the range two tools, but the range four tool is range three and range two together, which is weird, uh... right? Or no, it's less than that. It would, it would be less than that, right? Because yeah, the range two that. is actually three inches. Yeah. I think. Uh, and range three is six inches. Yeah. Range four is eight. So you'd be at nine, right? Yeah, there you go. So it's it's just like stuff like that. That was like a weird little measuring thing that I just need to be better about personally. And I think that that's kind of things like, do I have range to this character? And it's like on TTS, when you say, when you're looking at intent of things, I think it's an interesting way to look at it because... You can see things to a pixel. Right. You know, and it's like, well, I It would mean, never be this perfect in real life. Right. You would never be this perfect in real life. Like, I had a, a, a situation in a, in a game the other day, and, like, you know, I said, my intent is to move to within a certain distance here, and I was a millimeter off, and I mean, uh, I was a pixel off. And then I had to spend four power to, to do a scalpel of strange to go do something, and it totally messed up my whole <laughs> yeah. thing. Place yourself. Place myself a millimeter. And it felt terrible. <laughs> but it's like, it, that's one of those things. It's like I had enough distance and I just didn't didn't go through the process of like making sure and then just, you know, talking about the intent with my opponent. It was just like, I'm just going to go here and do the thing. Right. Um, and my comment on this is that, uh, you know, while people in general may enjoy surprises, no one really likes being taken by surprise. Very true. Very so, true. I'd like to dive into a couple more things, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, let's do um, it. And, and I would like to start out by um, by saying thank you to one of the players that we have online in our community. I'm not going to name names here, because this person will know who they are. But uh, they, at one point in time, I was kind of having a rough day. And they said to me... Uh, and this is the reason why I wanted to come on this podcast and to give you this topic here. And they said to me, you know, like, look, you're such a positive person. You're like, uh, you, you know, you, you remind me of uh, Mr. Rogers and, and just how 
happy and positive he is all the time. And I, that made my day when, when this person said that to me. So thank you to them. They know who they are and you know, they, they are an awesome player and an excellent person. So keep doing you. Um, at the end of the day, and this applies to your games, this applies to your social life, this applies to a professional life, your outlook on your life and your surroundings, that is a choice. You can choose to view the surroundings that you have and view these experiences that you're having in either a positive or a negative light or a neutral light, I suppose, neither bad nor good, but, but ultimately that's a choice. Those environmental factors and things will weigh on you and uh, you know, you might have a bad day and it's just, it's harder to do that today, to stay positive today, but you can say, no, I'm not going to let this day get me down. I'm not going to let that dice roll get me down. I'm not going to get, get hung up on the placement of this miniature. I am going to continue to have fun in this game right here and now. And, and that is a choice that you need to make, you know, every time you pick up the dice and it is so much harder to do in practice than it is to talk about. Um, but it's, it's something that I would love to challenge other play, players to do. Um, because I feel like there's so many people that get caught up in bad dice rolls or just general negativity about, you know, my favorite character didn't get the stats that I wanted them to get. And now I'm upset, but you don't have to be upset. You still get to play as your favorite character, whether or not the numbers on their character sheet are what you wanted them to be. You're still here. You know, you still get to throw Captain America's shield around all day long. How awesome is that? Exactly. Um, there, you know, games will ebb and flow and there will have positive and negative moments to them, but it's important to frame that in your mind and to, uh, examine that from your opponent's perspective as well. Um, and here's like a couple examples. So a lot of people on our TTS server um, have been playing Black Order recently. And, you know, it's no secret, they're a pretty strong affiliation. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, with their gems and the way things work and Thanos' ability to control the board. Um, on one side of that fight, you've got Thanos being able to um, to basically counter an opponent that comes in and tries to steal a central objective, such as an extract, like a hammer, or, uh, you know, the, the cosmic cube in the middle of the board or something. Um, and, and that Black Order player is sitting there going, awesome, I'm going to pass a bunch of times, and then when they finally go for that objective, I'm going to fish line them in, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my thing, and it's going to be awesome. And the guy on the other side of the board might be thinking, oh, man, this really sucks. I am gonna lose my character if i go and try and pick up that cosmic cube i'm gonna get knocked side the head by thanos and i'm gonna have a bad time but but instead of getting down in the dumps about that think about what your your, your opponent's thinking everything that they've tried to set up and engineer with their roster is going according to plan all according to plan <laughs> see what you did there ah, yeah uh bad puns galore um and and to to be so negative about this experience that it that it damages their ability to have fun in the game when things were going well and they had planned it out and they had worked for it and then you just 
decide that, you know, I'm not having it today. That, that really hurts their ability to have fun with the game. And, and I don't think that's okay. So I see what you're saying there. I do. And I think that the idea of impeding anyone's ability to have fun is, is not good. Mm-hmm. I do think though that um, a counterpoint uh, Black Order is its thing, right? If you're playing Black Order because you know you want to have fun because Thanos is your favorite character or whatever your reasoning for playing Black Order is, I do think that if you're if you're fishlining, you know, like you're talking about, like if you're doing that version of it, mm-hmm. I feel like that you as that player also it's incumbent upon you to like not try to make this as oppressive as humanly possible. <laughs> and I don't mean that by not doing your thing. Like you do your thing. That's that's what you're there to do. Do you know, you do you. But at the same time, like, okay, I'm gonna reel you in, I'm gonna kill your character. But let's try to think about how this is how this would be kind of in an MCU movie, right? Like right. Loki had Re- to die. Reframe it. Right? Loki Reframe had to die. Reframe it in your mind, yeah. And and I think that that comes from the again from the conversation established with your opponent, like, like, and and here we go. You know, Thanos is is bringing bringing whoever over, Iron Fist over, and trying to trying to take out the big gun before he has a chance to get loaded. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 taking that chance, and he's bringing him into his henchmen, and his henchmen are going to finish him off. And one of the games that stands out in my mind that I had with someone was. Uh, shout out to uh, I will say his name Mithrandir. You know who you are. You're awesome. And uh, <laughs> I like that guy. Yeah, he's I played against uh, played against him before. Yeah, and one of my most memorable games of MCP. I think it was the end of season three or four of TTS. I'm not sure what end, but we were both like, "All right, end of the thing." Oh no, you know what it was? It was the team tournament. Oh, was it? That was the team tournament that we did together. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that it was, was me point. and him. We're like, we're, you know, this is the last game. We're, no, neither of these teams are going to win this whole thing, so let's just play this out, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and we just played and played and had this super thematic A-Force Web Warriors game. It was so much fun, and we're like, oh, and Jen's going to do this, and oh, here comes Miles, you know, just yeah. all this different stuff. And, like, we just played it in that way. And, and that these, feels great, doesn't it, it? It does. It feels amazing. And... It's a, a feeling that I want to recapture in as many of my games as possible. And this is not anything, I don't want to ever say, like my opponent is never a reason that I don't capture that magic. It's it's and it's all on be. me. It's like you said. You know, it's, it's, it's your choice. It's your feelings choice. are your choice. You know, you, you can be affected by your environment and that, that can weigh on you, but but you have the power to change your outlook. Absolutely. And I say all that to say, though, like for me, recapturing that magic, it's it's one of those things where it's as a player, as a player, especially when the TTS stuff is like early on. Right. Like it's your first game of a TTS season. It's your first game Mm -hmm. of a tournament. It's your first game of a league, you know, and there's something on the line, metaphorically or not something on the line. Right. And, And Mm -hmm. I think it's it's easy for all of us. I am definitely not above this to fall into the like pressure feeling and that pressure feeling bleeds over into sometimes that attitude. And I've had to check myself a few times on that, you know, and And that's good that you are able to recognize that. And it's good that you are able to, to be mature enough to, to say to yourself, 
I, I got to stop thinking this way. Yeah, it's hard, and and it's it's something that I struggle with. In every game, at some point, too. at some point, it there there's a point where, as I'm sure people that listen to this show know, my <laughs> dice just say, "Screw you! Nope. I'm not going to work today." <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> exactly. And and it's so really on the subject of dice rolls though, um and and leaning into this a bit more. Um yeah. I I have this feeling that you know, your attitude and your behavior during a game uh reflects against your opponent and um when you purposefully decide that your behavior is going to be positive or you make the choice that your behavior is going to be negative. Uh, internally within yourself, I think this kind of creates a feedback loop. Oh, right? yeah. So one bad dice roll leads to the perception that the next dice roll is bad. It might have been average. It might have been better than average. But you're going to see it badly because you're already falling down that slippery slope. And if you can dig your heels in, stand up, and turn around and walk the other direction, that positivity is going to create a feedback loop. In yourself, and you're going to see the next dice roll more positively, and the next one after that more positively. Maybe I didn't spike my roll, but you know they didn't spike their defense roll either, so everything's fine. And mm-hmm. that was a good, a good exchange. Um, when that starts to happen, I really think it draws in your opponent. When you can start chatting about like, oh man, isn't it awesome how many crits you rolled against me? That's it awesome cinematic moment and i'm gonna cheer on you when your dice are great because it makes you feel good about the game mm-hmm. and and i'm gonna have a good time because now we're both laughing about it and we're making jokes we're not we're not you know being uh combative and um down in the dumps about a dice roll and we don't have to groan about it for the next round uh, you know i am i'm saying to you that shield throw you did that you know it's it's a four dice shield throw and you got eight hits with it wow impressive i've never seen that happen before that is awesome because it really is an awesome feat and credit where it's due Mm -hmm. yeah no 100 on that 100 and it's one of those things that it's easy to get caught up in one's own dice as again people know that that's something I talk about a lot, right? Like I feel bad about that sometimes. Like I have legendary be war gamers without having bad dice look, moments. Let me tell you, look, I have legendarily bad dice and it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Like I, and, and I've had to get used to it, <laughs> you know, but it's like you said though, it's, it's a feedback loop of like saying, well, this dice roll is going to be bad. So, you know, ugh, like um, I, I walk at the table and oh, I'm going to have bad dice. I don't try to look at it like that. I'm like, every die roll is a new die roll. And That's right. to your point of saying like, oh man, this really cool what just happened. It's really hard sometimes to have that outlook on it. And it's really hard sometimes to to be on the end of it. Like I've I've had those matches where I'm going against someone and my dice are just ice cold and and their dice are just radically on hot, 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 fire. Hot, hot. And it's like everything they're rolling is a spike. So it feels like even my average rolls aren't very good. And a lot of times what people say is, I'm sorry. And, you know, like people, it's like okay. if you have a spike I don't want roll, you to apologize for my dice right. or it's your like, dice. Look, it's all good, man. It's it's all good. And and I've yeah. done that too, though. I've done that too, where I've like had this crazy spike. It's a, a game swinging 
attack that happens and it's or defense roll. Like I rolled six defense the other day in a match. Like <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it was that's insane. A, that's high. That's and, quite high. And the opponent rolled eight hits. <laughs> and it's like, and that's epic. this is amazing. And yeah. it should be celebrated. Exactly. You, you shouldn't get you know twisted up about how I had an excellent defense roll and you still beat me. That that sucks. No, no, it doesn't suck. Exactly. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> that's it, man. And and like, oh, that was another one of the questions I wanted to I wanted to ask you is is if you've ever rolled dice and then looked at the outcome. And felt guilty about it. What's making you feel that way? You know, is it uh, is it the faces on the dice? Is it your opponent's perception of how this is going for them? You know, yeah. like that that is impactful. Yeah, um, and, I mean, I I felt that. I'm I'm sorry I, to interrupt. I don't want to get a good dice roll and then made to be feel bad about it. Yeah. So so I tend to like to just kind of power through moments. If I feel like I crushed a dice roll and it's really going to be demoralizing to my opponent, I try to uh, take that moment away from the dice tray and I try to uh, frame it in, like you said, a cinematic moment. I will call out something that I saw in a movie that I, I saw this character do, you know, like hood slide over a car and then punch somebody or whatever. Right. And, and I'll talk about how cool that was. And I will take things away from the dice result because that's that's just a dice result. It's going to stand. It's going to sit there in the dice tray, and we can look at the symbols all day. But but we need to we need to be engaged in this game, and we don't want to disconnect from our opponent. We don't want to disconnect from the match that we're playing, and and we want to be invested in this. And I mm -hmm. think that I think that that level of um, enthusiasm and positivity can achieve that. And, and it is a struggle. Like you said, it is hard sometimes to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, emotionally speaking, when you're, when you're, uh, you know, the chips are down and the, the odds are against you, but, but you never know when that next spike is coming and you've got to play for that next moment where it's going to be awesome. And you've got to keep rolling dice until the round ends. And if you've got that shot to dig yourself out of a hole, you're down on victory points, you're down on characters or activations, whatever it may be, you'll never get there if you pack your dice up and leave the table. You'll mm -hmm. never have an awesome triumphant moment unless you try and you stay in it. Gotta play till the end of the game, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm, till, I'm with you on Till the end of the line. Till the end of the line. That's right. I, I will say, caveat on that though, if you've got a time constraint, man, you got a time constraint. <laughs> oh sure, yeah. I mean, extenuating circumstances aside, but I'm talking about like the internal yes. bits and guts and gears of the game. Absolutely. You know, you you don't want to let the game itself drive you away from playing it. Oh, definitely. So, um, we've talked about how you know this sort of thing is is tough to do. It's easier said than done. Um, I wrote up a couple like quick tips for people, uh, things that I. Uh, have observed in the community where I try to do, um, you know, things that I, even I could be better at, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, not necessarily the case for Marvel crisis protocol, but for other war games, I, I like to write down and like, it's especially helpful if you have an app for this. I like to write down, uh, you know, what the match was, what I played, what my opponent played, 
and what the outcome was. And, and I think that really helps me in some other war games. I'm talking about war machines specifically. Um, it helps me frame my future games and to learn from that data. Um, and I think that if you're the type of person that, that responds well to that and you like to write down and record your games and your outcomes, I think you should add something to that list. I think you should add a data point for um, things like you know, what your mood was, what your mm -hmm. positivity level was. Um, how did that affect the outcome? How did that, how did that affect your ability to stay in the game and to see the important decision points that you might've missed if you were down in the dumps about it? Yeah, no, um, I, I really like that a lot. Great. Yeah. That's, um, I think that's, that's one of those things that keeping notes is one of the, is something that I don't do often, but it's one of those things that when I find myself doing it, I'm able to see the game a little differently. Right. You know, I, I like to tell people, try not to allow yourself the, the choice of viewing any individual game with negativity. Um, because you don't want that to become a pattern. And if you stop it at the first part and you say, no, that wasn't a bad experience. I still got to play a game. I still had fun today. That can be enough. That can be enough to get the next game in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and you know, we touched on this one as well. Like when when you might feel that your opponent across the table uh, is slipping into that negative mindset, do your best to try and bring them back out of it. It's a team effort, and it's part of the social contract. We're both playing a game together, and we should both be happy about that. So so try to encourage your opponents maybe to see a dice roll in a cinematic context that they can say that was an awesome moment at the end of the day when when you know she hulk and hulk stand next to each other and they do that agents of smash thing they pick up the giant skyscraper and crush you with it that's freaking cool it really is i can imagine that moment happening and uh, yeah <laughs> right? that needs to happen yes i'm excited about that card with the new hulk stuff coming out i want to i want to just even if it's not a competitive game i want that to happen at some point oh yeah definitely but like most importantly, just stay on the same page as your opponent. And if you feel like at any point in the middle of the game, you guys are you know disconnecting or uh, you know uh, whatever level of engagement you're having is not the same that your opponent is having, bring them back in, or um, or don't be afraid to push the pause button and say, look, I am I need a minute. I need a minute. I'm going to go grab a beer. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go walk down the hall and take a deep breath. I need a minute. I'm going to come back and we're going to play this game and it's going to be a better experience from this point on. Oh yeah. I I mean, don't be afraid to take those timeouts, dude. That's right. That is that is one of those things that it can really help you one get your mind right for the actual what's happening on the tabletop, you know, if you're in a competitive right. environment, even a casual one, but you know, but it also it helps you get your mindset right like you said for for keeping that positive vibe for for getting what you want out of this game. It's a game, you know, kind of right. thing as well. A so. wise person once told me, 
if you are not having fun while doing your hobby, you are doing your hobby wrong. Yep. <laughs> yep. But the last thing I would like to leave off with in, in that specific context is uh, I did mention earlier about um, there are basically three ways to look at things. You could be positive, you could be negative about it, or you could take a neutral stance. And I think that in, in this gaming world, in this gaming context, I don't think that being neutral is going to lead anywhere or give you the outcomes that you're looking for. Uh, if you try to sit on that fence and not be positive or negative about it, not get too emotional about your dice rolls or anything, I just think that is going to end up leading to a whole load of unremarkable games. And you're going you're gonna to be even-keeled, and you're going to toe that line, and you're not going to remember this game next week because you didn't celebrate it while you were playing it. And you weren't in it, immersed in it, enjoying it, and and pl- you were not playing with positivity. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that's that's it, man. That's the word right there. <laughs> we came back around, full circle. We came full circle. <laughs> it's a circle, you know. It's a circle. It never ends. That's it. Circle. Every <laughs> so circle of life. It's the circle. <laughs> Circle of Farm Quest Protocol. <laughs> no, man, it's I love it, and and it's it's something that you know in general all of this stuff. It's something that you know neither of us here on this podcast right now are perfect at this. You know, like oh, the, no. the stuff we're talking about today. It's not to to say, hey, we've we've figured it out. You know, we've unlocked how to have the best game well, of your life every time you sit down at the table. You know, we're, no, we're not, not at all. <laughs> it's just definitely not that. Like, I think to to kind of put a pretty little bow on it, if you will, or maybe a little jacked up one, knowing me. But look, at the end of the day, it's still a bow. It is a bow. You, you, there you go. I'm doing it right now. Do I need See? to even say more? I don't even know. <laughs> no, just, just, you know, be, it's your mindset. It's a mindset and it's a choice. And, you know, Marvel Crisis Protocol is one of the best games at creating a cinematic moment at any given time, right? And yep. you can be staring across whatever on the other side of the table and it's still an opportunity to say this cool thing could happen and it's also an opportunity like i played against uh sam finger guns at nashcon right mm-hmm. black order all the way and wow yeah it, he's it, a great black order player he's a great player and we had a fun game like i i made mistakes i did not let him <laughs> tractor beam somebody on the first round i didn't let that happen because i didn't mm-hmm. go across the mid board edge but either way I still like had that cinematic moment of like, yeah, like we see this threat across the board and we're not going to play into what they want to do, you know, because they, they did right. it to another team. So our crisis team is going to stand over here and be ready for it, you know? Yeah. Thanos just knocked that guy out. I got to be the one that stops him. Exactly. And and so that's like kind of the attitude that I had in that game. And it was just a completely enjoyable experience. And, you know... Right. Every game is going to have its ebbs and flows. Every series of games is going to have its ebbs and flows. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a game. We're having fun. And like you said, the uh, if you're not having fun with your hobby, then you're doing your hobby wrong. Right. So so that's the challenge here. 
when you feel like in your next game you're having a bad moment, you you should recognize it, acknowledge it, and then move on from it. And I think that if you play with a more positive mindset in your games in the future, I think you will see that you get more enjoyment and more fun out of those games than you have in the past. And I hope that for everybody. Absolutely. That's it. That's the challenge that we're going to leave you with today. And with that, Suits, uh, we already just finished up our giveaway. This episode, just so anyone out there is wondering, I'm on vacation the week that this episode comes out. So it might there might be some news or something that comes out in the interim of this episode. Don't worry. We'll obviously talk about it. I just happen to be on vacation. But I didn't want to leave the suits out there high and dry. <laughs> so we got our friend Dan on here. And make sure to check us out on Facebook. Leave us a message over there. We love chit-chatting with y'all. Send us messages. Comment on the post right. with this. You know, send us messages through Discord. Quote my name, QTR. You know, send him yep. messages all over the Discord places. And yeah, I would love that. If anyone out there listening to this has a moment that they want to discuss, that they feel like they didn't know how to handle it, or just, you know, they are curious. They want to know what could have gone better talk to me. I'm here. I will have a conversation with you. I will do that because I love this game. I love rolling dice. I love having friends and having fun. And I want to build that camaraderie in the community. I don't like, I don't like negative outcomes. I don't like being down in the dumps about something. And, and if I can help you get your games into a better position with a better light and a better outlook on life, I would love to be able to do that. So absolutely send me a message. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'll make sure to include how to spell everything in the description <laughs> for this podcast. So just check that out. And uh, yeah, send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Shout out to all of our patrons. Thank you all so much for everything you do. Like That is just the most humbling thing. I can't even express the amount of humble pie I eat because of the, the fact that a Patreon exists for House Party Protocol. So thank y'all so much for that. And be on the lookout for our next giveaway. We're kind of waiting to see what the release schedule does before we kind of decide on on where we're going to go with the next giveaway. But uh, we did just finish up our convocation giveaway, so congratulations to everyone over there again. And uh, Dan, final words? Stay positive. Stay positive. Party on, Dan. Party on and power down suits.